This is the Matt Townsend Show. Tell me that's not a pretty amazing dynamic. Your guide on the side. Just bring the honesty and the integrity to the game. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. On BYU Radio. BYU Radio. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm Leanna Tan, here to give you some of Matt's best tidbits to help you live healthier, happier lives. So right now, I'm broadcasting out of the city that was ranked number one last year on Smart Assets' list of most entrepreneurial, small to mid-sized metros in the U.S. And everywhere I turn, there seems to be a new small business. It really brings a lot of charm to our city. In fact, a lot of the businesses that I run into are either started by or employed by my really good friends. For a while, I didn't really see the appeal of running a business. Just the word business to me sounded like dealing with a bunch of math and other stuff I didn't care too much for. But then I married a guy who literally can't finish a conversation without proposing how someone's idea could lead to a small business. And so I think just being immersed in this entrepreneurial fascination has shifted my mindset a lot and I've had a lot of different ideas of actually starting small businesses, as I'm sure many of you have. I don't think there are many people out there that haven't just at least had a thought entertain their mind of, oh, well, if I sold this, I can make this much money or this would be a great business idea. But what does it take to make these daydreams of turning your ideas into money a reality? Well, I've got a great interview today that answers that question. Uh, We're going to listen to this interview with a small business expert, Kevin Ormond, who gives some of the details of starting a business. He's going to tell us what some of the checklist items and stresses of starting a business are. Uh, So, Kev, as as we now, by the way, everyone needs to know this because, Kevin, you know, you spell your name in a fairly strange way. Uh, you know, it's funny. It's uh, it's uh, the Celtic spelling of the Irish curse or something. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's uh, uh, it's uh, it is a more common spelling uh, in England in those areas. Yeah. But it is a Celtic kind of a spelling. It's C E V I N. C E V I N. So yeah. I, I I thought your I thought your name was Seven. But it's you know, a lot Kevin. of people make that mistake because they think of Spanish pronunciations instead of Celtic That's pronunciations. Right. I want everyone to know it, though, because if they go looking you up uh, on Google, C-E-V-I-N, Ormond, O-R-M-O-N-D. Now, yeah, um, just like Osmond, only with an R instead of an, uh, an, instead S. Of an S. Ormond. Uh-huh. Now, Kevin, yeah, tell Ormond. us, what's the big deal? Now, you've, you've consulted and coached business people uh, forever. It's, it's a stressful move. When you're going from, you know, the corporate world, I guess, or kind of a more traditional job to owning your own thing, isn't it? Well, it is. And, and, uh, and, and, the, big, and the big shift has to be mental. Uh, that's, that's the real key to making it work. You have to, you have to make a, a total mental shift. And, um, and that's, and that's uh, um, easier said than done. Oh, absolutely. Because it seems like a lot of the problem is mentally can you do it? I mean, and there's so many parts of it. There's so many parts of a business that you don't even know, like licensing or um, making sure everything's legal, your taxes, your EIN number, yep. all these things. Yep. So so how do you shift and know and get the confidence to do it? How do you, you know, shift it, your thinking? Well, it, there's a lot of things. You know, the, the most small, small businesses are started by a technician, and what happens is he's the best technician, he or she, is the best technician in the shop, 
and they're tired of making the boss all this money, and they think they can just go out and do it on their own. And unfortunately, what they find is that uh, they're not a business person; they're a technician, and so there's a ton of stuff they don't they don't know. Right. And um, you know, and and you go from from being the you know the the, the sharpest uh, arrow in the quiver. To all of a sudden not even knowing what quiver you're in. That's right. Well, <laughs> you know, what really. quiver am I? <laughs> to just some oh, arrow yeah. that's and, discarded. And the, yeah. answer, and the answer to that is is uh, ask me in five minutes, and it'll probably be a different one. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, there's so much uh, difference in in that sense, and so it really is a is a mindset and a mind shift. And and uh, and what happens too often is that people people don't don't understand that they don't they don't. Uh, uh, prepare for that. They don't get the coaching. They don't get the, the professionals on board. The other things that they need to make that work. Yeah. And and uh, ask me how I know. Well, see, I think it's interesting. I right. I, I will. I think it's because you, as you're sitting here, I'm just sitting. I'm thinking, man, if I just needed money and I was sick of my job and maybe I was having a harder time finding another job, to go start it myself seems like a good idea. But what are some of the things they run into? I mean, there really is a huge list of stuff that you have to kind of deal with in starting the business. So what would be like the checklist? And Well, and it varies because it it really depends uh, in large measure on the type of business. Um, It depends on uh, on a lot of aspects because obviously some businesses have more uh, hoops to jump through because they're regulated, for example, and other businesses aren't. Some businesses require licensure. Yeah. Uh, some some don't. Uh, it depends, you know. So there's a lot of variables. You've and, done this uh, though, haven't you, Kevin? Oh yeah, uh, several times. I think I'm on my twelfth uh, or thirteenth startup now. Does your so, wife like when you're like, "Hey, I got another idea"? Does she just want to <laughs> run you over? What is she? What is she like it, now? It depends on the day. You know that can happen. Um, it it, uh, it uh, we've been married thirty four years, and so after a while, you kind of learn. Uh, you know what to say and when to say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah. what not to say, and when yeah. not to say it, and 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 so there, there's, there's, that's an art form too. Right. I mean, I think that's a big deal because to make a business work, you do have to have a partner that can handle, you know, the ups and downs. No business no is question. just, you know, flush with cash and thriving. I mean, it's there's seasons, uh-huh. there's cycles. That's the weird thing too, huh? Because you've got to know kind of the cycle of your business. And you can't know well, yeah, that until you're and, in it a year or two. That's right. And even then, um, it, it depends because some businesses have a have an annual cycle. Uh, you know, for example, a ski resort is a good example because obviously they're they're busy in the winter and not in the summer. Um, you know, you've got some businesses that are like that; they're seasonal. You've got other businesses that aren't so seasonal. Uh, you've got other businesses that are that are cyclical. Um, you know, every month. Uh, right. You know, they'll. They'll uh, they'll key in heavy in the first of the month and not so heavy in the in the, the latter part of the month or vice versa. It's uh, there you know the, there there are a lot of variables there and and you're absolutely right. You really never know until you're there. No, exactly. You know, and so you can uh, uh, it helps to it helps to be able to uh, uh, get people uh, get get advice from people that. Uh, have been there, done that, and bought the T-shirt. You know, <laughs> and particularly, particularly, um, uh, you know, it's it's kind of fascinating. You can get uh, you can get uh, advice uh, from somebody who was successful in one kind of a business is totally wrong for yours. Right. Exactly. And uh, you know, and because it doesn't fit. 
So it's uh, uh, even though even though you think, well, wow, this person was a successful business person in blah blah blah, whatever it is, doesn't mean it's going to fit you. Right. And so, um, and it doesn't mean that they're that uh, were they to start your you know the kind of business you're going to start that they would be successful in it. They might uh, you know face plant just like you might. You know, it's just so so you never know. It's uh, um, each business has its own uh, uniquenesses like that. However. Right. That, that being said, that being said, there are some some basics that are very similar to every business, and and um, uh, you know that the um, that that's really uh, kind of one of the things that's important to understand. Right. If you don't cover those basics, um, you're you're dead in the water. Well, and it and seems like that, it's it, it's not even just you, is it? It's I mean, you're making this decision to start a business. If you have a family. You kind of yeah. you got to get the whole family involved because this will impact directly the family. Oh, no doubt, and, and significantly. Yeah, how it do you impact, see that it, impacting the family? Well, you know, it it impacts them in a lot of ways. Um, the uh, ideally, um, you get you get the family on board, and um, and everything just kind of clicks. You mm-hmm. know, uh, in that sense. Um, um, doesn't mean the business will click, right? But at least, at least, um, at least the relationship parts of it do. Because the other thing that happens is if there's too much stress in the family, you can't you can't think clearly enough to focus on the business. Oh yeah, and so and so you end up, uh, you know, you end up, uh, um, you know, failing because of the fact that you can't focus on it because you're too busy you know, fighting home fires. Well, and you're exactly, or you're too busy fighting the business fires. Like I, I watched my wife became very independent, like, but basically not even needing me. And, right. and then all of a sudden I'd come home, you know, once the business was a little more established, I'd come in and I'd be there and I'd mess up their systems. And they'd look at me like my kids would like, Hey, yeah, mom doesn't do it that way. And yeah, I'm like, well, let's stranger, not tell your right? mother what I'm doing. Yeah. Who is this stranger? Exactly. Yeah. No kidding. It, it, you know, and and that's and that's one of the things I I um, traveled extensively. I did uh, three hundred uh, or three million miles uh, in uh, you know a uh, dozen countries or so all around the Pacific Rim mm. and uh, and everywhere in North America. If it's if it's in North America, I've been within a hundred miles of it uh, usually multiple multiple times. Wow! And so it's uh, it's. Um, uh, you know the old Johnny Cash song. I've been everywhere. <laughs> I've been <laughs> you know? everywhere. Uh, yeah, that's the one. And and uh, uh, one day, just to take that down, I I took down his uh, looked it up on lyrics, and there were only three places that he mentioned that I haven't been multiple times. <laughs> well, and you're so, still young, and, Kevin. You can still get there. But that's true, and they are on my list. <laughs> but <laughs> you know the bucket list. But that's right. But, uh, but uh, the uh, the thing about it is, is that is that. Uh, it does impact the family, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, and I don't think that uh, everybody realizes how significant that impact can be, um, and is, and how important it is to get your spouse on board, um, how por- how important it is to get your kids on board. Um, it's um, it's really important to do that, and there 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 are ways you can do that. You know, one thing, for example. Um, when I when I I'd be out of town two three weeks a month, but when I when I'd be in town, uh, I had a whole lot of flexibility with my time, and right. so um, you know, especially in the summer, one of the things that I did was I took uh, the kids 
each one of them one on one on an overnight camping trip. Uh, hmm. Now we got eight kids, so that's we got a lot kids, of camping. That's a, that's a, that's a lot of camping, um, but um, but now with um, you know gr- uh, I got grandchildren in college, and so, you know so. Um, uh, the bottom line is, is that my kids still talk about those times. Yeah, and, see, uh, yeah that's cool. See, and 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 so I was able to to uh, compensate somewhat, um, um, building memories in that manner. You know, finding a way uh, that, that would work. And you know, uh, some kids the the, the campout was to was to go fishing. Some kids the campout was to uh, camp somewhere and let's go golf and you know whatever. But yeah, it, it was. Uh, it was it was that, and then uh, when each of them graduated from high school, I had so many freaking flyer points. I just said, "Where in the world do you want to go?" Let's go. Said, yeah, let's go. One one of them, I took to the Virgin Islands. I took a couple to Hawaii. Took one to Alaska. That's we neat. Went. I mean, but you're you're kind yeah. of creating a place. So there, there's the benefits of it. Um, Let's do this, Kev. Let's take a break. Uh, Kevin, uh, you can see Kevin at smallbusinessdoctors.com. He uh, is a a wonderful coach that can help you through these issues. Come back with us. We'll keep talking more about small businesses, how to make sure they succeed, and that they're aligned to your family. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. I'm Leanna Tan. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're learning about starting and running small businesses today with expert Kevin Ormond. In the last segment, he talked about some of the stresses of starting your own business. You might think that you have an amazing idea or skill set that you're just so passionate about and that that will be enough. And from my perspective, that's a solid foundation. But Dr. Ormond was telling us that it takes a lot more skills than just a good idea to have a successful business. And often that means that you need more than just your own skill set. He also talked about the importance of getting into the right mindset for small business. And that includes being willing to trust others and hear their ideas and give up some of your own if necessary. So in this next part of the interview, Dr. Ormond will give us a few keys to success and talk about how we find those right people to bring into the business. How many of us play the role of being kind of the entrepreneur, the visionary, and the technician that can deliver on it, and the business manager that can make it all happen? That's just rare. Uh, well, yeah, and, and the thing about it is is, the, is that uh, when we start out with a business, that's, that's exactly what you got to do. Yeah, you got to touch gotta start, them all. You got to touch them all, and uh, uh, and um, and you sweep up late at night. And you turn the lights off. It's mm-hmm. just uh, um, you know that's the nature of a startup. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's where they start. The key is um, understanding that uh, if you want to succeed and if you want to uh, grow, you're going to have to change that attitude and change that thinking and. And um, and as quickly as possible, start bringing the right people on, the right professionals, and the right help uh, in those areas where you're weaker, so that you can focus on the areas where you're stronger. Yeah, I mean, I get, that's interesting because like even M- MC Hammer brought out 250 people on, um, but at some point, I guess you have to have a, a business person uh, and somebody well, and, yeah, and the say and, and the and the ability to to say no. Um, 
and to have a plan and a vision. I mean, so many of these are well, really not, hard. No, it's, it's totally, it's totally exactly like that. There, uh, another another thing that happened. You know, years and years ago, I was an engineer for Boeing Aerospace and designed part of the space shuttle system back in the day. And and um, they used to have a saying. They'd say, they'd say, well, if uh, if it takes uh, one man nine uh, nine months to to make a baby, they're going to put nine men on it and expect it in a month. And and uh, and so just throwing bodies at it, which yeah. is quite possibly what MC did, yeah. uh, is not going to solve the problem because certain things just take time to cook. You bet. Period. Well, and especially yeah, in a and, business, because the business has to also evolve, right? I mean, things yeah. have to be tested. Marketing has to be learned. Your messaging has to be tightened. There's so many things to the business. And so, Unless you're bringing it from your past experience. So anybody out there that's listening, if you're trying to build a business, if you're not bringing inherently a lot of knowledge to this business, then you you need a long ramp up well, and and that's not just a knowledge, but a client, a client base, a customer yeah. base. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, you, if you if you've got a, a customer base that's gonna that's gonna follow you in, that's gonna help an awful lot. Um, if you don't, then you've got to become a marketing person right now. Right. I mean, first thing, and uh, and if that marketing is not your forte, um, you got a problem. You got a big problem. Uh, Kev, we're going to take a break. We're coming back with Kevin Ormond, uh, a director of consulting services at smallbusinessdoctors.com. And uh, you're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. with us. I'm Leanna Tan, and this is The Matt Townsend Show. We're listening to an interview with Matt and Dr. Kevin Ormond to talk about running small businesses. And one thing that he said in the last interview that I thought was pretty profound was that certain things take time to cook. That is so simple, but I think that statement can apply to a lot of things in life. And from what I've seen and heard, entrepreneurship takes a lot of balance. I think a lot of times we think of business entrepreneurs as those free-spirited, passionate people who have little fear. But just being willing to jump into something doesn't mean it will be successful. There needs to be someone also who's willing to be patient and work out the kinks and wait for results and organize the chaos. So it sounds like running a business is a lot of work. I really don't know how people do it. I have a few friends who attempt starting and running their own businesses while still in school and starting families. And that just sounds like chaos to me. But I know a lot of people do this. They are awesome CEOs and awesome spouses and parents. So how do they do it all? Now, the last part of this interview talks about how to play all those roles, how to manage your time and balance your entrepreneurship responsibilities with your family life. Uh, Kevin, so what's your take on that? You, you know, that's the, that is the issue is... Uh is uh, uh, getting the, getting the family on board and then uh, and then balancing everything. You know, right. uh, I've been talking about uh, mindset changes, and that's certainly one of them. Yeah, is, uh, you know, it, it's uh, you know, you've got to realize that uh, uh, you've got a um, uh, you know a, a board of directors, if you will, um, that 
you've got to deal with uh, at home. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, and, and, uh, and then yeah. you, you kind of, in your head, it seems like you, you're saying, well, okay, I'm doing this for them. Sure. And, and you are, and then you're also not with them. Well, yeah, that's right. You are you are doing it for them, and uh, and uh, and and all of that. But but it's also um, easy to lose that focus and find yourself doing it for you. Right. And um, and and that's uh, uh, that that's one of the dangers. That's one of the pitfalls. Um, you know, it's uh, um, you know you might be the richest uh, guy in the graveyard, and nobody comes to your funeral. That's it's, right. It's not. Uh, that's true though huh well it does happen it's funny you know what made the difference for me honestly and i can i see my business kind of has grown in these pivotal moments but it was i had one business but the second i had enough money that i could hire an assistant that could keep me on task and could keep me organized and so basically i hired a manager because i wasn't a manager i was a technician um, right. I was a I was a visionary kind of entrepreneurial visionary and a technician, right. and um, but I knew I had management problems, so I hired an assistant, and my business literally doubled when I hired an assistant, and my time yep. on what was important became so much more focused. Exactly, that's that's uh, that's exactly right. You know, it's uh, the the. The ability to understand uh, the difference between the important and the urgent, yeah, and and to focus on the important versus the urgent, and and uh, uh, and unfortunately, uh, with a family, um, sometimes things seem urgent that really aren't important, and sometimes things don't seem urgent that are important, right? And, and, and so you've got to you've got to really uh, strike that balance, and and that's tricky. Um, at best, yeah. and uh, um, and if you're doing it in a vacuum where you don't have the feedback and the information from from your family, uh, uh, you know, or enough of the, of the right feedback and the right information, the communication channels aren't working as well as they need to be. That's uh, that's going to kill you. It's going to it's going to hurt you badly. And and uh, uh, you know, the thing you don't want to do is you don't want to sacrifice the people that you. Um, you know those relationships, yeah. those people that that you that you really are working for. Um, you know, for their benefit, you don't want to you don't want to sacrifice that. How do you and, how do you shift that paradigm or that way of thinking? Um, what are some ways that would help me shift so my time management's being run better, so that I'm being more effective, so I'm not just a technician who doesn't know how to manage? What? How do I shift that thinking? Um, Step one, I think, is to make a list of priorities and, um, you know, say, okay, what are, what are the things that are important to me? And then, um, uh, you know, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, you know, just number them um, in, in, in priority order. Mm-hmm. Then um, um, take a week and log your time and see, and see if you're really putting uh, time into the, into the priorities or not. Um, or if you're getting distracted by, by the... The, the firefighting, you know, yeah, and uh, you know that's uh, that's that's uh, um, the first thing is is really uh, set the priorities and then take an honest inventory. Um, you know, one of the one of the things that's hard to do uh, is to is to uh, really 
make honest self-assessments. There's a, you know, we know about the Ten Commandments. Well, there's an eleventh one. It's thou shalt not fake thyself out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's a great and one. That's the one they forgot. Is. But I don't think that that's made the top the, ten. But that's a big one, isn't it? Especially it in our is. business, because we can fake it, ourselves it, it out is. all day. Oh, it's so easy to do, and and you can you can you can say, well, you know, gee, I'm doing pretty good, or, or yeah. this or that or the other, and you can do that. You can do that with your finances. You can do that with the business, uh, the success or or not so success of your business. You yeah. can do that with priority your of your yeah. time, yeah. your health, anything, you know. And and uh, that's that's the problem. Is again, it's. So much, uh, so much of the success comes from changing your thinking, and and that takes that takes constant work and vigilance and some guidance. Yeah. I mean, I have a coach. You know? Yeah, it and, sounds like a coach would be really healthy because they're they're yeah. especially one that'll tell you when they think you're full of it because you're well, faking yourself that, out. Yeah, well, if if they if they won't tell you uh, when they think you're full of it, they're not a very good coach. Yeah, you have to be rude. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, they're they're not they're not serving you as they as they should be. They're 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 uh, stealing money from you, <laughs> essentially, in my view. Uh, you know, you've got to have somebody who's going to be honest with you. It's uh, um, you know, and say those hard things uh, yeah. that, that need to uh, sometimes be said, and put you in a position where you got to take a look in the mirror and say, hmm, I wonder. Maybe I'm not uh, doing these things like I really ought to be doing. Maybe I ought to take a look and see if I ought to be doing some things differently. That is tough. Yeah, I think it would be. It seems like because the ego would get so involved in it, too. I mean... Oh, yeah. It's your baby. I mean, gosh. Your identity's wrapped around it. Everybody knows you left your company to go do this. this, You gave birth to this thing, you know. Mm -hmm. It's your baby. And, and, uh, you know, and... uh, you know, everybody. Uh, uh, you know, I've, I've never, I've never heard any parents say that they have an ugly baby. And uh, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, a certain yeah. percentage of them are pretty ugly. Well, there, there are, <laughs> they, they are, but but their own parents don't say it. Yeah. And uh, and and uh, and that's true with businesses too. You know, um, uh, it's true with uh, with how you're how you're managing your time and and uh, your finances and. How you're dealing with uh, the volatility, the ups and the downs, the feast and famine stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, you know, all businesses have that feast and famine issue uh, financially. Yeah. That, that that's part of it. And and um, you know, um, you know, you take a look. Well, for example, uh, MC Hammer that we talked about earlier. What he didn't do, uh, he 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 was spending all that money. Okay, instead of instead of. Uh, saving it for um, for a time when the business would go down, because right. they all do. Well, or, all do. or to reinvest it, or to have the money to reinvest in the next idea that could have reinvented his sure. business. Or, well, you know, uh, yeah. Seth, Godin, Seth Godin's a marketing expert. He wrote a book called The Dip, and I think everybody ought to read that. And they also ought to read another book from him called Purple Cow mm-hmm. um, that relates to marketing. It's um, um, the... Um, uh, the it is really important to understand um, uh, those principles that are there, and this uh, this is part of that uh, mindset change I was talking about earlier. Is you've got to become a reader. You've got to learn from other people's mistakes because you're not going to live long enough to make them all yourself and learn from them that way. Yeah. And and uh, and so you've got to you've got to to do that, and that's part of how you change that thinking and that mindset, is you've got to find time in your busy schedule to read every day, yeah. and uh, you've, got to, you've got to find time um, to, 
So you can get those ideas, and you can say, "Gosh, you know what? I need that assistant. That's right. I need that. I need that that um, um, uh, help in my marketing. I need that help with financial planning. I need that help with managing my cash flow. I need that help in uh, giving me some guidance on how to how to balance my time with my with my children and my and my spouse. I I need that help. Yeah. And and uh, you know, and that. Uh, and that uh, ego issue is uh, is significant because uh, virtually every small business owner has a significant ego, or they wouldn't have done it in the first place. Well, yeah, that takes um, a yeah. Well, they're either ig- ego or ignorant, but it it takes well, and, but it takes a little well, bit it, of an energy, doesn't it, to do this? Sure, and if it, if it's all if it's all ego, ego, you are ignorant. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know. Kev, how would you? What would you? How can they get a hold of you or your program if they want to get more information about getting a coach? Uh, they just do. I guess they just go to the website, um, smallbusinessdoctors.com. Sure. sure, that's the first step. Uh, they can contact me directly um, um, as well. Um, my phone number is eight zero one six seven one five five four two. And um, and they can also um, um, we have a we have a toll free number that's available there on on the website and on my profile. They can hook up with me on LinkedIn. Um, there's a lot of ways to contact me. Um, if you Google my name and you spell it correctly, I'm the only one on the planet. So yes, uh, you're, you're top of the list. 12, yeah, the first ten or twelve pages of your Google search is going to be me. C E it's C E V I N O R M O N D. That is correct. Yeah, okay. Kevin and, Orman. And, yeah, and that's uh, and that's another way to to find me. Uh, Perfect. So even though even though you know when I was young, I I uh, I felt like my mother had cursed me yes, uh, by no. by naming me that that it, name that a friend of hers suggested. But but uh, now it puts me on top of the search engine. That's so, it. So, Thanks, mom, so for search engine optimizing. Line. That's good. Yeah, every everything everything has a silver lining. It's right. it's always a mixed bag. Okay, Kevin, thank you so much, my friend. Appreciate uh, your advice and uh, your and if anybody want to get get a hold of him, there's all the ways he taught you. Plus, go to smallbusinessdoctors.com. We're going to take a break. We'll be back. Thank you again, Kevin. We'll be back right here on the Matt Townsend Show. We're back with the rest of today's Matt Townsend episode. We're talking about small businesses today. Now that we've learned about some of the basics from Kevin Ormond, I want to touch on a topic relating to small businesses that often goes overlooked. I mean, this definitely is not the first thing on my mind when I start daydreaming about making businesses. So to finish off today's episode, we're going to listen to part of an interview with Scott Shackelford all about small business cybersecurity. It's. Um, do, do you sense in all of your business experience, are, are small businesses a bigger target, small and medium-sized businesses, a bigger target for cybersecurity issues, or is it just we, we're less prepared? I think they're an underappreciated target. A lot of the attention you know, goes to the big hacks, whether it's Target, 
or the Office of Personal Management, whatever the case may be. But we oftentimes don't hear about what's happening with the store down the street. And oftentimes those are pretty significant breaches that are happening as well. Maybe they're not at the scale. Maybe there's not tens of millions of people impacted. Uh, but frankly, it's a big deal to those companies. It's been a big deal to their customers. After all, just one fraudulent wire transfer could make the difference between a company staying in business and oh, going out of business. It's so true. And and people trusting you long term. I mean, if all of a sudden you've got to send out an email to everybody that does business with you that you've been hacked. Holy cow, the PR problems. And just the fact that you don't necessarily know what you're doing per se, is it, um, and it, it's not, this isn't even really about website management, is it? No, no, there's a lot more to it than that. Um, in fact, it's, that's part of the problem, right? Is that it can just be so confusing if you're a small business to know where do you put that next dollar of investment or that next hour of time, right? Um, that's why we tried to kind of lay out some bare bones, some basic ideas in this article to help organize uh, thoughts, if nothing else, an organized strategy for these small businesses, because it's a really complex threat landscape out mm. there to manage. Totally. Give us give us an example of, uh, I mean, a small business, a small to medium sized business could still be a, a medium sized business could be 1200 employees or something. Right. Um, talk about right. talk about uh, what some examples of smaller to medium sized businesses that have been hacked and are having cybersecurity issues. Yeah, well, one area that's been in the news a lot lately, maybe you or your listeners have heard about it, is the healthcare context, right? Yeah. So whether it's kind of smaller clinics or whether it's kind of regional insurance companies, we had a couple of breaches, for example, here in Indiana with some regional insurance companies that wound up losing all of their employees' information, but also all of their patients' information as well in a breach just a few months back. Um, so unfortunately, this is something that's happening with a fair amount of regularity. One of the kind of new tools that's gotten a lot of attention is this whole ransomware uh, issue, right? Yeah. Which we saw just a couple, yeah, just a couple weeks ago now with this uh, WannaCry uh, campaign that went around the world. But again, the, the good news is even though this stuff is scary, there's some really basic steps that companies can take to help mitigate this risk. Yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to take the hit. Uh, the ransomware scare right. was where uh, somehow they would get hacked. Uh, the the hackers would get information about the company and then basically hold it for ransom, and the company would have to pay money in order to get their information back. That's right. That's right. It's basically kind of like taking up all your files, putting them in a uh, kind of a special desk drawer and locking them and saying, if you want to get the key to unlock those files, you got to pay us. Uh, and basically, you have to pay in Bitcoin, which is this you know, virtual currency that makes it really hard to trace, which is why cyber criminals like it so much. Wow. I mean, it's a scary, scary thing. Before we get to some of your solutions, um, I guess part of this is it's 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 knowledge that we may not have in the small business level of of what's going on. I know phishing's a big issue. Talk about phishing and and how that could that that's huge. That that's a, that's probably a, a pretty common way that uh, hackers are getting in. Yeah, it's a common and really fast growing way. So this is basically the idea that. You know, it, it's not somebody trying to brute force their way into your systems. It's just an email coming in that maybe looks like it's coming from one of your colleagues or your boss, um, and it's requesting you to do something, you know, that doesn't look that uh, threatening, maybe opening a link to a spreadsheet. Hey, look at this before our meeting on Monday morning. If it's 4.30 on a Friday afternoon, maybe your guards aren't up and you might click on that, right? 
And it doesn't take very much for the Hadrian system's compromise. And unfortunately, it's the case that not only do we need our managers and our leaders kind of on board and knowledgeable about how easy it is to get hacked in this way, but also all the people helping them. So all the support staff need to be aware of this as well. That's one of the main ways that companies are actually breached is when the administrative staff uh, clicks on these links. They tr- they think they're helping, uh, obviously, but they wind up actually hurting. Oh. And and then all of a sudden you you get one of these emails, you send the password to the server or whatever out, and the next thing you know, you're either having ransom issues and they're holding you hostage or um, you've, you've been breached and your data is all gone. No, that's exactly right. Yeah. In fact, you know, we, we heard a lot about uh, the DNC breach. And, you know, it was it was John Podesta's email that was breached, but John actually wasn't the one that kind of clicked on uh, the link to reset his Gmail password. It was one of his aides that said, hey, John, you really got to do this. It looks like a legit request from Google to reset your password. So, again, that just goes to show that we got to have a much higher level of cybersecurity awareness here. It's kind of basic cyber hygiene. Well, and, you know, when the whole Hillary Clinton server in the – in the base or the basement of her house or whatever, when that was all going down, I had a lot of sympathy for her because, I mean, I'm a small business owner and I'm thinking, you know, you just make what with what's do what you can. You don't want to spend a ton of money. You don't want to have a server room. You don't know exactly what you're doing and you trust in people to do it for you. Are there people out there for small business uh, and businesses that that they can afford, or is this kind of is this something that you know it, you have to have a certain threshold of income and revenue in order to pay for such security? Yeah, well, I mean, the good news is is there's some really basic steps that we all can take, small businesses and medium sized businesses, to do a much better job at mitigating the risk. Right. So for ransomware, for example, the easiest thing to do is just to keep backups of all of your data both on-site but also up in the cloud. So, you know, worst case, maybe you wind up losing a day or so of mm. your data if you are hit by ransomware. You don't have to pay the Bitcoin as a result of that, right? Yeah. Um, so we just have to be kind of be aware of some of those basic, those basic approaches. Okay. Also, you can think about, and this is something that more both companies and even some local governments are doing, they're investing in cyber risk insurance policies. Now, these things aren't perfect, and you really have to look closely at the way they're written because sometimes – just like with other insurance policies, you think they cover things that maybe they don't wind up covering. But this can make the difference, again, between a small business being out the $300,000 fraudulent wire transfer or the $500 deductible, right? <laughs> These policies have kept you know small businesses in business. Yeah. So something to take a look at. Yeah, and I guess you make the decision based on what's your risk threshold. Like, I mean, do you have a lot of data that could be taken? Uh, do people sue? So mm-hmm. if my data was breached at a hospital or a clinic – do you see very many of uh, the patients suing the companies for the breach? Is anyone doing that? Yeah, certainly if they're the victims of identity theft, um, if they have to spend a lot of their own money to mitigate uh, whatever has happened as a result of this breach, you know, so maybe uh, it's, it's involved, you know, a couple of years of clearing things up with, uh, you know, different credit monitoring services and credit cards and all of that jazz. So, I mean, if people are, are hurt, then, yeah, they do wind up suing. There's been a couple of class actions uh, and some other interesting lawsuits recently as well. We've had the first kind of product liability uh, lawsuit 
typically this is kind of a liability-free zone. When we talk about cybersecurity, we haven't really held uh, or held software companies uh, responsible, for example, for bugs in their in their software very often. But we're starting to see that maybe potentially start to change. So it's something that a lot of companies are paying attention to because this could help to establish, at least over the kind of the medium term, more of a standard of cybersecurity care. So at least businesses would know what's expected in that case. Mm, mm. You, um, in all of your experience, you've you've now put together uh, some tools, just some basic rules for small businesses uh, be aware, be organized, be proactive. Talk to us about being aware. I know you've already mentioned a few things about how we can be more aware, but who needs to? Who do we need to make sure are aware when it comes to small businesses? Who in the business? Absolutely. I mean, it's a bit easier for small businesses because I can just take the easy cop out and say, "Well, really, all of us, you know, yeah, be everyone, aware, ideally, right." right. Absolutely. Uh, that, that's easier said than done, of course. And even the companies that do the cybersecurity awareness training, that really runs the gambit in terms of quality because you know what these trainings are like, right? I mean, yeah. sometimes they're half an hour, you're clicking through, you're not really paying attention. Um, so it, it, it is worthwhile to look at what options are out there with regards to some basic training. Even Nova uh, actually has some decent cybersecurity training for phishing, for mm. example. And just going through that with some of your employees actually could be pretty beneficial. Um, and they, they turn it into more of a game. So when you can make it more engaging, more entertaining, that can help a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, it really has to be, if nothing else, then at least the managers, those that have access and the ability to make important decisions, such as authorizing wire transfers and any of their kind of immediate subordinates. I think it's really important kind of when in doubt to really instill that lesson. Just don't click, double check. At the end of the day, pick up the phone. Uh, if it looks like it's something even remotely uh, unexpected, uh, that's it's always good to double check. So I think just kind of instilling that extra level of due diligence is the best idea. And frankly, that's pretty cheap to do. Yeah. It's really just a uh, little time consuming. That's all. Well, and instead of being annoyed with the people constantly checking with you, you should be praising them for constantly that's checking. Exactly right. That's it. And, and and some companies are doing that right. So they're giving incentives. And prizes, you know, for employees that take, you know, cyber hygiene seriously. And then when they do stuff like that, you can have a little reward scheme set up uh, to reward those companies to show that it's something that you take seriously. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you get a $50 bonus for finding a phishing attack or whatever. How cool would that be? No, oh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, because maybe you're preventing you know, thousands of dollars of breaches there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have, a, I have a, a friend that has a company where their their job is they go in and hack. Uh, mm-hmm. Companies mm-hmm. hire them to go in and try to attack their weaknesses. Um, and then what they do, too, is they, they then um, monitor the organization and um, – they they can see who's who's doing more riskier behavior, who's got more emails coming in, who's doing all these things, and then they specifically target training for each employee based on their use of the internet. And it's a pretty it's a pretty advanced program. And I, I sit and I think, mm-hmm. boy, eventually. But again, like you're saying, if we can get on Nova and go take a fishing class um, for relatively cheap, uh, then all of a sudden. This is there's really no excuses except just people didn't know they weren't aware. Mm-hmm. No, that's right. That's exactly right. Uh, but but you're correct. If you can afford it, having a company like that do a penetration test, which is what those are called, and see where the weak points are in your networks, 
and also where the weak points are in your personnel, yeah. that can make a really big difference. So, I mean, it's it's one of those things we, you know, we mitigate the risk of physical break-ins by taking all of these precautions, security cameras, security systems, all that stuff, and making some of those more proactive investments can make a, a really big difference rewarding off these kinds of breaches. Yeah. Do you, um, I mean, because the other thing that happens is is how fast the internet changes and how our attack today will be completely different tomorrow. Um, how do you stay on the cutting edge of and, and stay aware of the cyber attacks as they're coming? Mm-hmm. Not not well, on the – we were always kind of on the bleeding edge mm-hmm. instead of the cutting edge. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. And this, this, frankly, is some of the good news about being a small and medium-sized business, right? Because if you were a big multinational company with tremendously valuable intellectual property, you really do have to be worried – about the most sophisticated criminal organizations, maybe even nation states trying to breach your system. But if you are a mom-and-pop shop or a relatively small operation, you might not be uh, uh, the target in the same way as these these bigger companies are. And as a result, you can kind of uh, tweak how you're approaching this problem a bit differently. So you don't have to necessarily be worried about the most sophisticated types of breaches. What you can do is do what, for example, Australia has done, right? The government of Australia has been able to decrease the incidence of cyber attacks penetrating their networks by 90% by just doing three things, right? So they're minimizing local admin privileges. So that just means it's really hard to log in as an administrator to a system. Mm. So small companies can, can make maybe only one or two people give access to that instead of more or less having everybody give access to that. Um, also, o- automatic updates of both operating systems and the software that runs on them. Uh, so just making it automatic so you don't have to click, you know, remind me tomorrow or whatever. Like oh, that. yeah. And and also having a pre-approved list of programs and websites that you can actually use and navigate to. So don't allow employees just to go wherever they want online, right? Um, if you can focus that down a little bit, that can make it a lot harder to go to these sites that are infected with these types of malware. So oh, anyway, that I mean, doesn't have to be rocket science. No, pretty basic, pretty basic stuff. <laughs> yeah, pretty awesome. Basic stuff, yeah. Well, hopefully you're not all dissuaded from starting your own businesses, but there are a lot of logistics to think about, it sounds like. And apparently cybersecurity isn't the first thing on every entrepreneur's mind. But it's pretty important, especially since all the data and the business information nowadays is going digital. So I think we can all really appreciate some of those tips Dr. Shackleford shared with us just now, like minimizing your local administrator privileges, applying automatic updates, and having pre-approved lists of websites and softwares that your employees can use. Useful information every entrepreneur should keep in mind. Well, thanks for listening to today's episode, everyone. Good luck with your business adventures, and don't let the logistics get you down. I'm Liana Tan, bringing you the best tidbits to help you live healthier, happier lives. Join me again next time for another episode of Matt Townsend.